You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, the best-selling author of 10 books, a master certified coach, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I share ideas about creating an even better author career. Ready to reach your writing goals? Let's dive in. Happy New Year, listeners. There really is something to a fresh start, isn't there? So before I share more on how to leverage the new year to up-level your beliefs and behaviors and really make a change, I want to let you know that applications are now live for the Career Novelist Mastermind. The Mastermind is a five-month small group coaching program that contains the very best of my teaching on creating a fulfilling and financially viable career as a novelist. And you get the support of a small, dedicated group of writers. I love this program so much, and people who participate consistently tell me that it has really been a game changer for their careers. The authors who have participated even in the past year, they have been publishing books left and right and just creating incredible success. So if you're interested, you can learn more at evenbetter.co, that's .co forward slash mastermind. And of course, I'll link to that in the show notes. So you might have noticed I'm a little froggy. I have been sick for like a whole month. Uh, I keep thinking I've kicked it and then I don't. So I apologize um, that I sound a little under the weather because I am. But, you know, things are good. And as you've probably gathered from the title of today's show, I want to talk about how to make a positive change, which is one of my favorite topics. And provided you like the change that you've made, how do you make it stick? So in my experience, both personally and with my clients, a willingness to change is a competitive advantage. As it's often said, change is the one true constant. And so most industries, including publishing, are constantly evolving. What works for you one year or even one quarter may not be the thing that works the next. You might need to shift platform approaches, cover designs, or even your entire business model. When I see writers truly struggle, and let's be real, when I have really struggled, it's often because they're married to some idea of how things used to be. So one of the things I've heard the most over the past year is traditionally published authors didn't have to do so much to promote their own books. We used to get publicists. We used to get support. I know it, it really stinks. And yet it's the reality of publishing right now. What I've seen is that writers who complain the loudest about how you can't make it in this industry anymore are often stuck in old business models using old strategies, but most problematically, employing old ways of thinking. They just haven't pivoted their thoughts. And that's a problem because it's easy to give up on your dreams when you're operating that way. It's really frustrating. On the flip side, I saw dozens of my clients succeed in 2023 by doing things differently than they were used to. Not always comfortable, definitely not always easy, and yet it was the thing that made them succeed. So in many cases, they changed agents, they changed publishers, some of them self-published instead of traditionally publishing. A couple people did the opposite. They went from self-publishing to traditional publishing. Some launched their own publishing companies, which I think is pretty incredible. And in a couple cases, um, they took a break from books to open another business. And they really got those results from the willingness to change. But I'm going to argue that the benefit of change goes beyond just succeeding in business or making your bank account bigger. As psychologist Abraham Maslow famously pointed out in his work on the human hierarchy of needs, 
self-actualization centers around the desire to, quote, become everything one is capable of becoming. That's really important. So listen, you probably don't know what you're capable of in your lifetime, at least not yet. I had no idea a decade ago that I would have the opportunity to work with and motivate hundreds of authors, coaches, and entrepreneurs. Like, how amazing is that? And I had no idea. Likewise, I bet I'll do something in the next 10 years that isn't on my radar right now. And I'll bet, since you're the kind of person who listens to a podcast like this, which is about how to up-level your career and mindset, that you will too. What I do know is that life is better when we go for our goals, when we evolve and grow. And that requires us to change. Now, caveat here, change for the sake of change is not the goal. Sometimes you just want to do more of what you're doing or do it better or maybe even replicate. I've had years in my business where I just wanted to see if I could do it again. I know when I hit six figures for the first time, I was like, let's make sure that's not a fluke. Let's just do it again. So how do you know if you should try to change? Well, you can't absolutely know almost anything. You figure it out by trying. But when one of my clients is contemplating a shift, and by the way, I love that word shift. It's much closer to what most of us are actually doing than the word change. It sounds a lot more inviting to me. We explore why they are considering the shift. And the central question to answer if you are considering a shift yourself is do you want different results than you're getting right now? And if the answer is yes, then you know it's time for a change. As Henry Ford said, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. So now for the million-dollar question, how do you change? It's interesting. We often really, really want to. The desire is there, and we don't. And as I mentioned, that's because change can be hard. Not always. Sometimes we are so fed up or excited or eager that it's like, yes, let's go. I'm doing this differently. But other times it can feel like a major identity shift. I've even had clients say to me, I feel like a part of me has died with this change. It really can feel very heavy. What I want you to do first and foremost is just remind yourself that you can change. Not just behaviors, but you can actually change your personality. I constantly see and hear comments, and you probably also see these if you're on social media um, or listening to conversations that other people have where they say, see, people don't change. But that's actually the opposite of what literally hundreds of studies have shown. One recent review of more than 200 studies in the journal Psychological Bulletin found that people are absolutely able to change with some sort of intervention, such as peer support, coaching, or talk therapy. Researchers found that the two areas adults are most likely to improve are emotional stability, that's the opposite of neuroticism, and extroversion. And that really resonates with me personally. I used to think I was introverted, but now I identify as a pretty extroverted person. I do want to point out that other studies show that you don't have to have intervention to change. Sometimes life events change us or we just evolve as people. So this is not a plug for coaching or therapy or anything like that, even though I'm obviously a fan of both. Next, it's really important to be clear-eyed about what is actually about to happen. I'm going to argue that in many cases, we're thinking that making a change means completely abandoning what we've already created or what we already have. And that can be pretty terrifying. 
So here's what I want to remind you. Change does not mean burning down everything you've already built. A lot of times it's actually about expanding your identity or taking one small step at a time to see if you actually like where you're going before making a full transition to the next thing. So I know this sounds super obvious. It sounds very logical, but emotionally people really struggle with this concept. And I think one reason is because if you pick up any book uh, in, let's say, the self-help section at the bookstore, you're going to see advice about going all in and picking a lane. Now, I obviously believe in focusing. I've talked a lot about that on this podcast. It's how I get big projects like books or coaching offers completed. I don't drop everything, but one thing takes up the first three hours of my day usually. But the idea of picking a narrow lane and staying in it or going all in by ignoring everything else in your life, it's just not based on a business model from right now. It doesn't reflect the way that most adults actually behave or want to behave. That's definitely true for my clients. And this idea of like picking a lane, it keeps people from making changes they really want to make. I say all this because I know the difficulty of making that kind of shift. When I started coaching a few years ago, I felt so uncomfortable because everyone knew me as a writer. I was known as a journalist. I was known as an author. And even though that wasn't all I was doing, I was already consulting both with companies and with authors. It was how I was known publicly. And so saying I was doing something else made me feel like a fraud. Even though I'd gone through this rigorous coach training and had professional experience to coach other writers and business owners. I'm going to go a lot deeper on imposter syndrome in the coming months, but believe me when I say that I had so much angst up front. And I overcame that by working with my own coach at the time and also by getting really comfortable stating and writing and verbally that I was a coach. And I'm going to talk more about this in a minute. These days, I don't even blink. I'm really confident in being multi-passionate and running two different types of businesses. But there were a couple of months there where I was like, what am I doing? I'm, I'm just making a fool out of myself. I hear other people say things like, well, I'm known as X kind of novelist, so I really shouldn't do nonfiction too. Or people hire me to create business content. Won't I be shooting myself in the foot by trying to write about health? Sometimes it's even more personal than that. I'm known as a caregiver. What will people think of me if I say no to the carpool for the next quarter so I can go all in on my goal and write in the morning? Or I'm the foodie in the family. Everyone's going to judge me if I try to lose weight. Do you see how you can be a business writer who also covers health? Or a caregiver who loves the heck out of her kids and is also eager to be an example to them as a person who goes for her big goals? Or even a foodie who now loves to cook healthy food. Acknowledging what stays the same is actually very important. So among the evidence, there is a 2019 study in the Academy of Management Journal that found that one of the most effective ways for team leaders in institutions and businesses, etc., to motivate their team to change is by being very clear on what will stay the same. And one of the reasons for this is that it's just calming for the nervous system. Knowing what to expect and having some known factors creates a sense of safety rather than anxiety. There are a few other things you can do to make change stick. So as I mentioned earlier, try using labels and descriptions to shift your identity. It's more for yourself than other people. 
So if you are not yet comfortable saying, I'm a novelist, say that over and over. Tell the checkout person at Trader Joe's, I'm a novelist. Or say at least, I'm a writer. It might be more personal or more general too. You might want to start saying, I get things done, or I'm an optimistic person, or my favorite, I'm lucky. I'm just lucky. Visualization is another powerful psychological tool, and that's no exception when it comes to making change. So one Canadian research team that studies social change found that people who successfully embraced a new identity often did so by imagining their future selves as that kind of new changed person. This is interesting to me. They didn't ignore the present or employ toxic positivity, which is really denial. They simply saw their current circumstances as a stepping stone toward that idealized future. So an example would be if your goal is to make $10,000 a month from your writing, and right now you make $2,000 a month, you would imagine yourself as the kind of person who can easily and routinely earn $10,000 a month and that you learn that by going from $2,000 to $3,000 a month and so on. One of my very favorite books in general, but on change in particular, is Katie Milkman's book, which is titled aptly, How to Change. So Milkman's a professor at the Wharton School of Business, and this book is just really um, straightforward and compelling. And in it, she says that her research has shown that the start of a new chapter can tell your brain that it has a clean slate which then ups the odds of true change occurring. She calls this the fresh start effect. What's really fascinating to me is that obviously occasions like a new year or a birthday serve as a fresh start. Also changing environments, workplaces, going from single to married, etc. These are also fresh starts, very obvious. But Milkman and other researchers have shown that you can choose your own fresh start. So it doesn't have to be brand new year. For example, in the Harvard Business Review, a different research team talked about how a man spent two days in the hospital for an unnamed illness, but it was serious. And when he left, he decided he'd gone through a rebirth of sorts and decided to make major changes in his life. And he did. I want to leave you with this thought. I'm sure you've heard the statistic that most New Year's resolutions fail and fast. But Melkman points out that 20% of people who make them succeed every single year. That's actually a lot of people and a lot of change. The reality is, even if you don't reach your goal all the way, you're going to get so much farther going for it. So sometimes near the end of the year, a client will come to me and they're dismayed because they vowed to sell a book that year and then they didn't. But when we take stock of what they've accomplished, it's so fun to see their faces change when they realize how close they are to the goal. So for example, one of my clients wrote two books in a year after working on their uh, book before that for more than five years. Another was in final talks with several agents. So no, she hadn't signed with an agent yet as she had vowed to do in 2023. And she did miss her self-imposed deadline, but it's really just a matter of time before she does. Wouldn't you rather make progress even if you don't get all the way there in the time frame that you chose? I definitely would. And the truth is, most change happens little by little, one step at a time. So never hesitate to head in the direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening today and Happy New Year. For more resources on creating an even better author career, including free webinars and the You Should Write a Book newsletter, visit evenbetter.co. That's dot C-O. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. If you already have, thank you. And thanks for tuning in.